Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. My name is Tim Seckler. Uh, and I own the law firm, and at the law firm, if you haven't listened to the show before, or perhaps if you have, what we do around here is help people with estate planning needs. We do wills, trust, powers of attorney. Uh, we do post-death administration work, and uh, a significant portion of our practice is helping people plan for and pay for long-term care, uh, particularly for seniors when they need it. Um, and uh, today, what we're going to talk about, I, I think this might be the most educational uh, episode that I've done yet here, uh, particularly if you're a senior, if you have a senior family member you are concerned about. Um, this, uh, I hope to be really informational for you because I have with me a guest this week uh, who uh, is named Lorna Gavin. Lorna is a registered nurse. She is an elder care manager, and Lorna have, and I have known each other probably going on ten years. We have done a lot of uh, a lot of cases together. My clients, and I guess your clients are patients. I'm not sure what you call them, but I call them clients. Clients, you're not providing the care. So, what? Uh, and, and I'll let you, uh, Lorna, go into a little bit more in detail. But the way that our relationship kind of works is. If I have a family, particularly I'm usually dealing with a healthy spouse or the adult kids and they're concerned about mom and they're trying to figure out uh, what to do with mom, uh, meaning what level of care, in-home care, personal care, assisted living, skilled nursing facility, all these different things that people really aren't familiar with. Sometimes you need a tour guide to help you make those decisions. And Lorna is a person that I use in that capacity. She's an elder care manager and the owner of a company called Aging Gracefully, uh, where she helps families with just these types of things. Uh, she is dedicated to managing the care of seniors and make sure that they get um, the right care that they need and also sort of facilitate the conversations between the family, the, the person receiving the care, the care providers to make sure that the situation uh, continues to go well. Uh, all kind of certificates and degrees and diplomas and all kind of interesting things. But I think I think the most interesting thing about um, about working with Lorna or someone like Lorna is uh, is just the experience of kind of knowing what's going on out there, right? Because these the there's trends in in uh, in the care being provided for seniors and uh, health care providers, people that have the elder care manager uh, experience and, and provide that service really kind of have a pretty good feel for for where is a good play, placement source. How did I do? Did I, did, I, did I scratch the surface on what it is that you do, Lorna? Yes, you did. It sounds like a lot of what I do, but uh, it's so much more. I love working with the clients. I love working with the family or whoever they might have, you know, a lot of people just have friends around. But my company is Aging Gracefully, um, and the phone number is 724-602-9559. I have a website. It's um, www.aging, A-I-N-G, gracefully, G-R-A-C-E-F-U-L-L-Y, dash, Butler. B-U-T-L-L-E-R-P-A dot com. 
All so right. it's aging gracefully. And you're you're headquartered out of Butler, but you help yes. people not just in Butler County. You'll help oh, people. Oh no, in, I've across. I've been as no, far north as Seneca and Oil City, mm-hmm. um, over to Greenville, sure, um, down into Beavers, so, and into Armstrong County. So, and one of the reasons, like Lauren and I actually, I just made a referral this week, and and you know what happens in this is. Um, Unfortunately, you can't make a care decision in a bubble, right? You you wish you could just pick the facility and make the care decision based exactly on the care needs and not have to think about things like, well, how, how are we going to pay for this? And what are the government programs available to us? And if we have government programs, how many hours are available? And what type of facility do they play? And um, and, and unfortunately, this stuff is just super confusing. And so uh, an example is I, I had a client in here the other day. And the family's headed toward a placement situation for mom, and we're trying to figure out what's the right level of care. And uh, is is personal care appropriate? Is skilled nursing appropriate? And, and you know, these decisions, uh, I said they can't be made in a bubble because we also have to think about what are, what are the financial ramifications of this decision? You know, personal care homes, assisted living is largely private pay. <clears throat> if we do go the skilled nursing route, there are avenues to achieve Medicaid eligibility to help pay for the skilled nursing facility. And so... Often in these situations, what I'll do is I'll bring Lorna in and I'll say, Lorna, can you uh, can you chat with this family and can you um, make a determination and, and help them understand what the right care option is? And then based on what the right care situation is, then I can help them figure out the finances and do we need trust or do we need to do anything? So why don't you, for the listeners, why don't you do the benefit of just kind of walking through a couple of different care options out there for seniors, maybe maybe with a, a, a dementia issue as that progresses and, and what types of facilities are out there and what's appropriate? Okay, so what I initially do is I go and meet with the family. I like to meet with as many family members as would like to be there. I've met as many as 14 people in one room. Um, so what I like to do is see what everybody's thinking because everybody's thinking something different. They think mom has dementia, but they're not sure, and this family member thinks that mom's fine. And so I try to, like, put this all together so we can have a plan. Let's hear the whole story, right? Yes. I want the whole story. I want to be able to figure out what everybody's thinking and what the client's thinking. And I often separate the client for a little bit and talk to the client separately, maybe do some testing on um you know, you have to have paperwork whenever you're doing nursing at all. Sure. Um, so I like to, and then I like to, you know, isolate the family too and see what their real thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the family really wants, like currently I have a client that the the wife has had, like her husband does have dementia and she, that this has been enough for her. She needs to be taken care of. But the daughter thinks that mom could take care of dad and he could stay home. Yeah, it's awful convenient that when a family yes. member thinks the other family member should be doing the caregiving. Right, right. 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 You, you just try it for 24 hours. It's so, right. not as easy. Oh, I've seen it in my own family. So, yes. but you're do, so you do this care planning assessment. So you help figure out, at least in your opinion, what is, what's appropriate? What are the options right. here, right? And then the result of that, that meeting is, is what? The result of the meeting is I actually do a whole um, report, which they 
I, I can explain that to them. They can share it with the doctor. They can share it with, like, uh, Attorney Tim. They can share it with, some, you know, somebody, a professional person that might help them also be able to figure things out. Okay. And then if there's a placement coming, you'll help them through that and help them find the right services because you've kind of got an ear to the to what's going on out there, which this facility might be great at this and this one might be great at that. So why don't you walk people through just the differences between what types of care are provided at personal care, assisted living, skilled nursing? Yeah, so there's there's many different ones. That it, it all starts out with independent, which you can stay in an apartment or stay in a townhouse or a patio home, whatever. Um, and a lot of places will move you into different areas as you need more care. I joke with my clients to do independent living. Independent living seems to me to be more about a quality of life move, not yes, really a care is. move, right? right? So you're tired of mowing the grass and cleaning the thing, mm-hmm. and you like the idea of the laundry service and the cleaning service, and they've got uh, activities and pirates trips and keg parties on the weekend. I, I joke with my clients that live in independent living facilities that they just went back to college for seniors. That, that's really, <laughs> that's, that's really what independent living is, and I get it. I enjoyed college, and, yes. I, you know, and I, I get the social element of it and so um but independent living doesn't seem to me to be much of a medical situation right no but they do have um usually a call bell Mm -hmm. to make sure if they they do need assistance there's somebody there's somebody to come and check on you next is called personal care now personal care is like the lowest level of care and what they do is they provide a place for you to live Meals, supervision, make sure um, you might need some assistance with getting up out of bed in the morning, um, going into the restroom. Uh, you, they, they do take care of your medications, so you don't have to worry about those anymore. They offer laundry service. They usually have some social activities, but usually not a whole lot, but some things to do. Uh, maybe they have the dogs coming in. Um, they might. Have, they always have bingo. Bingo's big. Bingo's big at the personal care. Huh? At personal care at all of them. So the next step would be assisted living. Assisted living means that they uh, have more care options for you. And often I have I have clients that haven't moved out of assisted living, and they'll probably stay there the rest of their life because they can provide increased care as more care you need. Like um, if you maybe you have a wound, they can take care of that. Maybe you are diabetic and you need to have your insulin monitored every, you know, two hours. They can do that. Of course, there's a charge. And like Tim had said, personal care and assisted living are paid by you. There's there's none that um, no government. It's all private. Pay. It's and all we private might be able pay. to catch some some some. Uh, Veterans benefits Vet, pay for Veterans it, but, benefits, I often, that's one, one of the first questions I ask. Sure. Are you, you or your spouse a veteran right. and during a war time so we can see what we can get? You know, and it used to be 10 years ago when I was doing this, started doing this, we used to do a lot more veterans benefits work. And, and that's because there was a lot more World War II that's around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and uh, so... Um, all right, so so assisted living, and then my experience with assisted living is um, the cost can like swing pretty dramatically oh, because yes. they've got a base level, and then they keep stacking levels on top based on as the care yes. needs progress. Right? There are some assisted living that will give you a flat rate. Okay, this is, and then you have another flat 
right, if you move to an upper level. But otherwise, it's just a flat rate. But a lot of them are a la carte. You know, you need this care, so you're paying a little bit more. You need that care, you're paying a little and bit more. And it can get quite expensive. Yes, I've it seen can. assisted livings at eight, nine thousand dollars a month before, oh, yeah. and, and you know, and and, uh, and so that that can be pretty difficult. And and I think my experience has been anyway. Correct me if you think I'm incorrect, but some of the some of the residents now that are being served in probably even personal care homes, but certainly assisted living facilities, there's a little bit of overlap between that patient and a patient that could be seen in a skilled nursing facility. Yes. And so sometimes people end up in skilled nursing facilities because, in my opinion, um, they absolutely need the around-the-clock nursing and, and rehab and therapies and all the rest that's there. Sometimes people end up in skilled nursing facilities because they simply can't afford to be in the assisted living anymore and they need to go for Medicaid benefits. And Medicaid in Pennsylvania won't pay for lower levels of care. They only pay for skilled nursing. So why don't you walk people through the types of services that are provided in a skilled nursing facility. Okay, so next then is skilled nursing. Now, skilled nursing is kind of divided now into two. One is the short-term stay that if you, um, you know, had hip surgery or back surgery or you you actually um, maybe had a stroke or a very bad heart attack, you might go into one of those um, for rehab. They have, you know, the... All the therapies, occupational, speech, they have physical therapy, they give you medications, they take care of pretty much everything, plus if you need nursing care. Now, that only can last up to the first 20 days that Medicare will pay if for Medicare's it. If Medicare is paying if for it. If it's paying for it. If you came from a hospital, right. Medicare so will just, pay for it. So just to clarify, if, if you go to... Um, if you go to a skilled nursing facility after a three-day hospital stay, yes. then you can get your Medicare plan to pay for the skilled nursing facility for 20 days, maybe up to 100, depending on how it's right. going. Right, yeah. yeah. After yeah. which you become a private pay resident. Yeah, right. so that's if you're improving, they'll pay. If right. you're not improving anymore, then they stop paying. So um, then the other part is this part that we call nursing homes. It's still skilled, and there's... Um, nurses around the clock, there's RNs there, there's LPNs, um, there's um, AIDS, certified uh, healthcare AIDS that can help you and assist you with a lot of the everyday needs that you'll need because you need more help. You need maybe two people to get out of bed. You maybe need um, to have somebody help you with walking um, 20 feet. Sure. Um, there, there's just a lot of different uh, options. Like I said, if there's wounds, if there's, um, especially if there's multiple wounds, the yeah. um, cubit eyes and those kind of things, and they, the doctor in those facilities becomes your doctor. Right. Um, you don't have your regular uh, yeah. PCP. You're, you're, you're pretty much committed to this thing at that point. Yeah. And you know, it seems to me that. Um, you know, one thing to understand about the skilled nursing facility and, and where we come into play is because a lot of the time, I mean, no matter what you you look at here, the personal care home may be four or five thousand dollars a month. Skill, uh, assisted living maybe seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a month. Skilled nursing could be twelve. It's all expensive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a hundred thousand dollars a year to a hundred and forty thousand dollars a year in care. Not a lot of families can afford that. And so where we really seem to be working together and and where we've really hit, I think, some home runs for families is being able to chart out 
okay, if we need this level of care, how are we going to pay for it? What assets are we going to pay for it with? And then if we need to transition to skilled nursing, whether that's now or whether that's in the future, then what's our Medicaid strategy here? Because if you do end up in the skilled nursing facility, there are legal things that we do with the elder law planning to, to make people uh, available for government programs to help pay for the care. You know, and because, and, and now I'm just going to give a little bit of opinion for a second, but we've got a crazy government rule book that requires people to go broke in this country based on the health care need they have. You know, if somebody has cancer or if somebody has heart disease, the, the care associated with most types of cancer is typically acute care, which means Medicare is paying your bills. But if you have the audacity to develop Alzheimer's disease instead of cancer, and the care associated with that with is custodial managerial care, shame on you, you know, and you're going to go broke now. And 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 it just it just seems to me like, why are we doing this to people? And in particular... You know, the, the the most tragic situations that I see are the ones with a healthy spouse because the healthy spouse could live another 20, 25 years in a lot of these situations, and we're about to make her go broke and lose her home. And, and you know, I, I, uh, I have the luxury of not being a politician. I get to say the way that I feel without really needing to worry about the repercussions of it. But this system is just broken. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't need a lawyer. You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't need a registered nurse as a tour guide to help you figure out if this place can do it or if that place can do it. And we shouldn't need a, a complicated Excel sheets and, and you know slide rules and all kind of things to figure out how are we going to pay for it. But it's just the system that we have. And so, you know, I, I think I think a takeaway here is that um, there are folks out there, like Lorna, like myself, that that sort of get the system, that sort of understand how this thing is going uh, to be played. And what we're trying to do, what we're ultimately trying to do is help your family meet the care goals that you have for you or your loved one. But if we can avoid going broke in the process, well, then great, right? Because nobody works in the factory or in the mill or at the retail place or at the office for 50 years to go broke uh, in their last chapter because of because of their health care expenses. Uh, if you have tuned in late, you're listening to uh, the Life and Legacy Show sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. My name's Tim Seckler. I am a certified elder law attorney, and we help folks with all types of the um, elder law issues we're talking about today. And I've been joined uh, by Lorna Gavin of Aging Gracefully. And Lorna, give them your phone number once. It's 724-602-9559. And whether you call Lorna or whether you call me, you know, oftentimes we we work together on these things because we've got to figure out – you know, what's the right thing here? You know, people are so scared of this system. People are scared of the five-year look-back period. And, and my concern is that there's people out there in the homes that need care, and they're not getting the care because people are nervous about the system. And, and you know, and the, the other thing is that in 2020, as it's probably pretty obvious, nursing home admissions were way, way, way down, Right. I mean, who would want to put their parent, unless you absolutely had to, mm-hmm. with the news that was going on last year about all the deaths and all the tragedies that were going on in nursing homes, plus the fact that they locked the doors and you can't come see your mom anymore. I, I mean, I, I imagine the financial statements of nursing homes probably pretty rough last year uh, because it just there were no admissions. But now what I'm seeing is and the activity that's going on in the law firm is we're starting to get these questions a lot more again. And, and mm-hmm. I think that the sun is shining and the doors are unlocked at the nursing homes and most of the people in the nursing homes now have their vaccines. 
And so we're, we're starting to see a trend of more and more people considering the placement options, especially as you know the adult daughter caregiver that's taking care of mom right now may have to go back to the office you know and, and isn't able to swing this whole thing anymore so if if what i just described matches up to your family you can get more information about um your care options you can check out my website uh secklerlawfirm.com that's s e c h l e r lawfirm.com or you give us a shout 724-841-1393 and when when folks have these long-term care issues, these long-term care questions, we do a free consultation. We sit down uh, with families and just try to tr- sort it out. And, and when appropriate, we'll make the referral to Lorna uh, to make sure that uh, we're making the right care decisions. If the family has any trepidation about, you know, am I doing the right thing here? Look, I, I, I'm... I know the law and I'm good at math, but I, I'm not a nurse and I'm not a social worker and I don't understand a lot of these things, so we partner on this. Uh, we have a few minutes left, Lorna, and I know that you had a couple of tips and pointers that you wanted people to hear um, about some, uh, you know, and I, I think geared towards sort of the uh, maybe an adult caregiver that's taking care of mom or dad and, and just some things that they should be considering and thinking about, right? So, yeah. So we'll call it Lorna's top five. Hit them, hit them yes. with Lorna's top five. My top five questions that people don't think to ask me is how is this affecting the caregiver or the spouse? Whoever the caregiver is, 24-7, you're with this person, and maybe they have dementia, and their dementia is getting worse. They're, they're getting behaviors, and you're not sure what to do. How's that affecting you? And I always give them a questionnaire whenever I meet with a family, and I say, this is what you're, you can talk uh, um, about. So the other question that people don't think about is hospice or palliative care. They think hospice, my mother's going to die tomorrow, your mother's not going to die tomorrow, more than likely. But hospice will pay for a lot of the care, which will help you yeah, in I, return. Everyone I know that's in the hospice field says that, People don't recognize that hospice is not just about dying, right? right. That, that, that um, a lot more care could be provided earlier if people would just ask for the help. But people are so hesitant to ask for hospice because they think of hospice, I, I think, about what it used to be 20, 30 years ago yes. rather than what it is now. And what it is now is not necessarily mom's going to pass away next week, right? Right, right. So, And palliative care is similar because it'll take somebody that – isn't going to be dying within the six months or year or whatever it might be. Um, a lot of people also have look on the, the websites and look online and they're looking for information. Well, the information is not always the right information. So I usually can direct you to which website might be best for you to look at to understand more the condition that your loved one has because People don't think about that either. They're just trying to every day handle something. But if you knew what was going on in the background, you'd be able to do this. Um, then, of course, uh, what's, which facility and home care group is good for your loved one? I kind of try to marry you together with a facility that I think will have the same activities or not. Maybe you don't really want activities. There's different ones out there. And the last one that I I really is my one that really bothers me is that because a lot of older people take a lot of different medications, 
they don't play nice together. Most of them don't play nice. As you get older, your insides get older, things aren't being absorbed and working together. And I always ask them, talk to your doctor and let him look at all your medications. One doctor look at all your medications because a lot of times they're seeing numerous different doctors and that that's one of my biggest There you go. There, there's Lorna's top five. Yes. So, uh, so that's fantastic. Um, why don't you give people uh, your, uh, your contact information one more time? Okay. So it's Lorna Gavin from Aging Gracefully, and it's 724-602-9559. And my um, website is aginggracefully-butlerpa. And like I said, I don't always go stay at Butler, PA. So it's, you know, all lowercase letters and it's all just written. Awesome. Okay. So everybody, I, I uh, one, Lorna, thank you for joining me and thanks for providing the listeners with uh, with the information. I, I, I hope you uh, you learned something today and I hope you at least learned that there are uh, there are folks out there that do know more about this than you, and you don't have to go at all alone. We 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 do our best to work as a tour guide to help people find the care for their loved one they need, and help them understand how it's going to affect them financially, and if there's any strategies to to put into place. So, uh, give us a shout if you have any of these questions. For more information, go to secklerlawfirm.com. S e c h l e r lawfirm.com. You'll find all kinds of videos on there. If you want to learn more about Medicaid, go to the workshops tab and download our Medicaid workshop video mm-hmm. where you'll learn all about those rules. Uh, or just give us a shout and uh, and we'll offer you the free consultation. Uh, if you have uh, um, enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. This is available as a podcast anytime on Apple or Spotify. Uh, and of course, I hope that you would not make any legal decisions based on anything you would hear on this radio show or any other radio show for that matter. If you have legal problems, go seek out the help of a lawyer. Thanks for listening this weekend. I appreciate your attention. Have a, have a wonderful week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.